Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast. This is episode 67. It, uh, we are uh, about a week, just under a week into the NHL season here. Uh, Leafs have played three games. Hobbs have played three games. Three games as well. And a yep. uh, little bit of a disappointing opening night in uh, in Montreal. Oh, for, for you. But, for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal uh, opening uh, night for me. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, yeah you, you know what, though? Uh, congratulations. You already have about 10% of the, your total wins for the season. So pretty much. Uh, yeah. Good for you. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that wasn't the Habs winning. That was the Leafs losing as per usual. Mm. Like, that's what they do. Mm. Debatable. That's exactly what it was. But anyway, um, yeah, lots to talk about. Obviously, uh, from that game alone, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it was kind of a hectic ending to that game, to be completely honest with you. And then uh, a lot to talk about outside of that game as well, <laughs> specifically in Toronto. But anyway, so let's let's start off there. So we'll go Montreal, Toronto first. It was a three-two final or four-three final. Four-three. Four-three. Four-three final. Uh, Matt Murray probably. Didn't like I, I'm just gonna say it. He did not play good enough. He just didn't play good enough at all. The second Caulfield goal, the he like he almost fanned oh. on it. <laughs> that's you, you gotta you gotta make that stop. Um, so that's one. But and then I know it was a very very nice shot that Anderson made to win the game. But you gotta be at least in position to make the save in order to have. Bro, a chance what what is save. Jake Muzzin doing on that play though? Okay. Yes, yeah, so right now I'm talking about Murray, but yes, that was also that that entire shift was one of the worst displays of defense that I've ever seen from a pairing in my life between him and Hole. That was abysmal. Like I'm not gonna lie, like, I was upset. I was upset like, after that. Like for twenty five seconds, twenty five seconds left in a tie game, you get the and puck you in your defensive zone, like an absolute <laughs> sign seal delivered pepperoni extra cheese light sauce pizza oh yeah. right up the gut right up the gut like one of the most blatant horrible giveaways i have ever seen in like, my life like there's there's no excuse for that at all no there really isn't and like you know like if he throw, like, throws that, that off the glass if he throws it off the glass and someone swats it down and makes a play like fair enough right like, you know, like, they can make something out of it, but, like, you can't just give it to Nick Suzuki at the top of the circles with 25 seconds left. <laughs> no, it, it, that was horrible, horrible football. Or yeah. football, sorry. I have <laughs> yeah. runs alongside yeah. hockey. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, that was... that. I think, and I think he knows that. I think Jake Muzzin understands that. That, that he, just can't happen. And I know it's game one, and I... Trust me, I've taken that into consideration too throughout my anger, but it doesn't matter. You're a professional hockey player. You cannot make that play. Like, you need to be better than that. It's, it's like at, at that level, that's <laughs> exactly like you just can't, you can't be throwing pucks up the middle like that. Like you said, like at any point in the game, but with 25 seconds left after you just tied it. Yeah. Like, you just, no. So. That's that. That was that game. Cole Caulfield scored two goals, and I knew that was going to pump up your tires. So I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds on that, even though one of them was a blatant fan that Murray did not stop. But anyway, so I think you're thinking the first one, because the second one was like the straight up snipe. No, the second one is the one that 
Murray should have got with his glove. The first one was the one that was up older the, over the shoulder, for sure. I know exactly what I'm talking about. The second Anyways, one was they were, they were both. Snipe. That was a shot middle of the net on the short side. That was not a snipe. That was bad goaltending. <laughs> call, call it a bit, a bit of a... But still... That was, uh, not a, that was a horrible shot. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> Uh, it was good to see him get the season off with a good start uh, with those two goals. Uh, it took him 31 games last year to get two. Took him, what, period and a half to get two. So that's a good start. And then uh, the third goal, Sean Monaghan getting his first with the Habs. Uh, just quickly on him, he's been like low-key impressive these three games. Uh, wasn't sure what his injury situation was going to be. Had uh, hip surgery that kept him out for pretty much all of last year. Calgary paid us a first to take him on. And uh, yeah, he's been like actually kind of good, which is a surprise. Didn't didn't yeah. expect much from him. Well, he was one of the horses that Calgary really hitched their ride on a couple of years ago, man. Like, oh, so yeah. I know he's been, he's had injuries and I know that it's not always easy to come back from those injuries, especially the ones that he's gone through, which like you said, but you said it was, it was hip surgery. It was a hip surgery, and I think it was there was a back surgery in there the season before. So, like, definitely not not easy. Not stuff easy to come back from. So you you know you, it's good to see him back in the league, and for him to have any sort of impact for Montreal, I think we can agree is a bonus for them. Oh, for sure, right? As, and again, especially considering Calgary paid us a first to take him on too. Yeah, but, that's huge, huge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I um. I, I was disappointed by the first game, but coming back with the second game, we beat uh, Washington, who was without, obviously, Nick Backstrom, who I think, if I'm not mistaken, is out relatively long-term here to start the year. Uh, yeah. And Tom Wilson wasn't playing, and holy crap was that noticeable that he was not on the ice. Like, they are a totally, totally different team when he is playing. He brings an element to that team that they, like, they just don't have without him, and he... Uh, yeah, it was really, really noticeable that he was not a part of that game. He, we actually controlled a lot of the physical narrative of that game, which is something that doesn't happen. And I'll talk about this more. I'll talk about this more throughout the episode. But I think that's something that we've lacked, right? And I think yeah, that's what people talk about when they say you're hard to play against. And it's not finishing every single. It's just putting your body in the way. It, it's finishing checks when you have an opportunity to. It's laying a guy out when you have an opportunity to. It's not shying away from things like that. It's not yeah. putting out of yourself out of position to make these plays or or making these plays. Yeah, no, you're not running team. around, but... No, but when you have guys buying into that, and again, I'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but when you have guys buying into that, it, it really, really trickles down the rest of the lineup. And, and people start to feel it, and people start to also play like that, which is great. Especially when you have new guys coming in and making great impacts like Obey Kubel and uh, Yarncroke. Both have made fantastic impacts, especially from a defensive physical perspective. Yeah. And I, 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 re- I think I'm really going to like those two guys moving forward. Anyway, sticking on, on that game, um, it was really, really, like, not funny, but, like, Alex Ovechkin knows what's going to work for him moving forward. And it is exactly what's worked for him up until this point. But, like, even more limited to that now. And that, as we all know, is the one-timer on the power play in the top of the... What would it be? If you're the goaltender, your right-hand side. That circle. His off-wing. 
yeah, they there's not a whole lot else from coming out of their offense <laughs> other no. than that play. And it's noticeable. But here's the thing. That play is still going to work for probably like half his well, goals for the one, year. He, he rung one off the bar and it's going to yeah. have to be more than half because he's not that mobile anymore. That's something that was very, very noticeable. Is yeah. Ovechkin, yeah, he's still going to rip home probably 35, 40, maybe even 45 goals, but they're all going to have to be from right there because he's not getting around the ice like he used to. He's not dashing to the net. He's not shooting from anywhere. Like that is what he is going to do for probably the next five years is just stand there. <laughs> like yeah. that's what he's going to do. And that was that. That's what I took from that game. That and the fact that they are a completely different, nowhere near as good team without Tom Wilson. And, no, and, they're, they're an entirely different team without him. Well, because it, I don't, I don't think he played against the Habs last night either. I'm like, I don't remember him being in the lineup. I don't remember hearing his name at all. So like, well, and I yeah, they were, yeah. And I, I, I just want to, I just want to go with Ovechkin's goal scoring in just a second here. He needs 115 goals in 213 games to pass Gretzky with a better uh, goals per game average. Um, like that's just fucking ridiculous. Because I think he'll do it. 115 goals in 213 games. No, like that's. that's... I don't think he does that. Based oh. on the reasons that I just said to you, is because he can't score in ways that he used to score. He used to score all. He used to score goals in a lot of different ways. He can't do that anymore. Okay, but here's so. that's a point. Hold on, let me finish. Let me okay. let me finish here. The other thing too is, I know it's been 20 years, and he's been doing the same thing for 20 years. Want to know who learned how to defend it? Justin Hole learned how to defend it, and he had one shot on net from that from that circle against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the power play, and it rang off the. It actually wasn't a shot on net; it rang off the crossbar. So, and every other one, number three had his leg in front of. So, now that he isn't able to do other things, people are going to be able to defend that more tight, and because they're able to defend it more tight, it's going to be less effective. Right, these are the I, special I, athletes we're talking about right now. I, I think I think it will. Obviously, like he's not going to score at the pace that he's been scoring at. That's just what happens when you get old. Yeah, but, but that, like, is the pace. that is the pace that he's that you just said he would have to score at, right? That you know, so he that 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 would be a point five three for him to break the the record and do it in better goals per game. Uh, last year he scored at a point six five goals per game. Yeah, but. Last year, and I think we've agreed upon we we've agreed to this. We can't use last year as a, as a base here because it was so everybody got 100 points. Everybody scored 40 goals. Everybody like we we're not using last year as a base here. That's that I think that's yeah. that's kind of skews thoughts if that makes sense. Because like I said, everybody had 100 points last year, so we can't do that. Anyway, uh, moving on to the next game in Toronto was last night against the Ottawa Senators and. Oh, God, did I want to win that game, especially after losing <laughs> Montreal on opening night. So first game against a rival at home, uh, against the Ottawa Senators at home. Um, Ilya Samsonov. Oh, well, let's actually start in the morning yesterday. Yeah. Ilya, Ilya Samsonov is kind of thrown into the fire because Matt Murray uh, pulls his groin or something. 
some lower body injury. It, it was a groin discomfort at first, and then they used some word that I'd never heard before to describe the actual injury, so I'm not going to repeat it because I don't know <laughs> what the hell it means. Uh, yeah. But LTIR, which means a minimum of 10 games, which would put him on the IR until at the earliest, November the 8th. Um, of course. Like, yeah. it, it, <laughs> like it doesn't get any more predictable than Matt Murray being injured, right? It just doesn't. Like, that's perfect, of course. Like, why wouldn't that happen? Uh, I mean, like, that's, that's, that, that's, that was one of the big risks you guys were taking with this, was hoping that he would stay healthy. Well, the one good thing about it, though, is now that he is on LTIR, we get to use 75% of his, I think it's $5.25 million cap hit. Is that what yeah, he was signed for? Or was it six? I, I think it's five something. Anyway. We get to use that for LTIR. So this morning we called up guys like Robertson, Simmons, and Victor Mete. Um, and also that's going to give us an opportunity when Timmy Lilgren's healthy to add him to the roster. Yeah, that'll be after you. More, than, more so than the other three. That'll be huge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'd still, like Robertson had a great camp, so I'd like to see what he has to offer as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is where we stood last night before the game started. So we knew Sam Solnov was getting the start. I'm going to be honest with you, he played great. You really did. Um, it was a sight for sore eyes, let me tell you, after her hearing of that. Oh, let me also add that Shelgren, I don't know if you guys remember Eric Shelgren from last year. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to see him play. It was pretty cool when I went to my game. But anyway, he uh, he got run over while playing for the Marlies the night before. <laughs> and that's like one of the only other goalies that we have signed to an NHL contract. So I think the only other those... one is is Michael Hutchinson, is it not? He's not under contract, no. Oh. He's not a leaf. Who's the fuck's you your... just saw that on, you just saw that on Twitter because he's inevitable. No, I mean I saw it well, our buddy Travis shared it in our group, but uh, I just assumed that he was still your like AHL backup and would no. would have been like next in line. <laughs> No, 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 no. That was a joke because he's always just kind of showed up out of nowhere when we had goaltending issues. Exactly. And you're currently having goaltending issues, so I kind of expected him to show up out of nowhere. Well, I think that I think now's the time for me to go into a little bit of a hopeful proclamation that I think Ilya Samsonov can really be elite. I really believe that he can be elite. I think he had a bad year last year. I really do. Sub 900 save percentage. Not good. Seemed a little bit disinterested in, in Washington, to be honest with you. Seems way less disinterested in being a Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, just based on the posters that he's had, the post-game interviews. Yeah. They've been great. He seems like he's really enjoying himself in that locker room. And to be honest with you, he's been he's played two games, and he's played great both games. Better than Murray played against the Habs. So that, coupled with the fact that all throughout the two develop like their two development him and Shesterkin grew up together through the Russian national program and he was always the better goaltender Samsonov was always the better goaltender he started for the world junior team he started for the Ivan Holinka team he started at all levels over Shesterkin who's the exact same age they came into the draft together yeah Samsonov was drafted ahead of him so do I think the potential's there? Yes. Did he have a bad year last year? Absolutely, he had a bad year last year. Is Washington's defense any good? No. 
they have John Carlson and he's a great offensive player, but they don't really have many shutdown guys on that back end. Like they're not the Washington Capitals have Alex Ovechkin. So they'll be dangerous. Like they always are. Like they always have been right. But remember, he doesn't have Backstrom right now. That's a big deal. Oh, it's a huge, huge loss. Just not just for him, but for the team. Exactly. And he's also Backstrom is also a fantastic two way player as well. And they've lost that. They don't have really much of a defensive identity right now in in Washington. And and it's kind of noticeable. So do I think that Samsonov is playing behind a better defensive team now? Yes, I do. Um, do, do I think that he's going to win the Vesna this year? No, I don't. I think that he could, has a chance to be elite. And I think, I believe that he is going to be the starter. By the time Murray comes back, he's not getting the net. Let's put it that way. I think by the time Murray comes back, I don't think that Samsonov's going to play at a level that it's going to be even a question, are we taking him out? We're not taking him out. That's what I feel. I don't know that. I'm not basing that off of anything but a gut feeling. But that's how I feel. And that's what I think is going to happen. And that's what I hope the hell happens. Because if that doesn't happen, we're kind of fucked, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. For goaltending, anyway. Anyway, so that's where I'm at with that. Uh, Can we keep it on goalies for two seconds and talk about a goalie who's now playing behind a worse defense and it's showing? Oh, Jack Campbell? Jack Campbell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that is... It's what three three games into his Edmonton career. It's ugly. It's, it's not looking ugly. good. He got what did he what did he have four on eleven shots last night? Gets yanked in favor of Stuart Skinner, who didn't allow a goal after. <laughs> yeah, he I think he's been pulled twice already. In like three games, like he's got some of the worst stats in the league. I'm going to assume have to be. Jack Campbell last night had a .636 save percentage. I'm seeing that right now on Twitter. Yeah, that is not good. That's bad. Um, so, yeah. I. Uh... Uh, okay, so <laughs> in two, two games played this year, he's got an 8.51 save percentage and a 5.98 goals against average. Ouch! <laughs> like, and I know it's two games, it's a super small sample size. And he did actually get a win in one of those games. But. That's not good. It's hard to win when you're down 4-1 by the end of the first period. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And one of them was a gross goal by Kadri. Gotta oh, get absolutely. Like, filthy. you know. Absolutely filthy. But. It's, I don't know, he's not worth $5 million. And I think a lot of Leaf fans are seeing that right now. And they're they're really feeling good about the decision that Kyle Dubas made to not give that guy a long-term contract. Yeah. I think, you know what? The big thing, the big thing was he was playing behind, as much as I roast the Leafs defense, like, they're they're at least like a competent, like, B-level NHL defense. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not like the fucking Tampa, Colorado fucking back ends, but like they're you have like 
solid players there. And I look at Edmonton. And basically everyone from that decor, except for Darnell Nurse, is dog shit. They aren't very good, no. <laughs> like, just not good. Well, let's let's round it out right now. Let's let's actually put some facts behind this because I could like I'll name a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. So it's obviously Nurse, Evan Bouchard, uh, Nurse Bouchard. Who's that other guy? I can't even uh, think of him right now. I don't know if Brett Kulak still plays for them. Kulak, that's Kulak, Tyson Berry. That's who I was thinking of. When I was watching their opening night ceremonies and, like, you know, they introduce all the players and they do the thing. By the way, Montreal's was way, way too much. I just wanted to point that out. If I wanted to hear the name of every concession stand employee in the building, I would go read the directory. I wouldn't listen to the fucking opening remarks. That was outrageous. And the flame, that's the corniest thing I've ever seen. Lighting it up at center ice, that's the corniest thing I've ever seen. That is outrageous and unnecessary and outdated and ridiculous. Bro, we've been doing the flame forever, so I, you're you're not gonna fucking chirp that. And honestly, we've got a corny. Fucking, it's corny. Hey, it's great. It's corny. It's 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 the passion. It's the passion, Ave. No, that's trademarked in blue and white. Um. All right. So, uh, Oilers D pairings: uh, Nurse and Cece, Kulak and Barry, Ryan Murray and Evan Bouchard. Ryan Murray and Evan Bouchard might be one of the worst defensive pairings in the league first of all second of all, so give me give me the second pairing there the second pairing is kulak and barry and i love brett kulak he's a great player he's not a second pairing guy he's not tyson barry playing second pairing minutes and defending your team for what is that 22 23 minutes a night is not Rough. what you want no it's not at all what you want and you know what else you super don't want Cody Cece on your first D pairing. Cody Cece with Darnell Nurse. Like that's that awful. That is <laughs> truly awful. That that's Darnell Nurse and five seventh defensemen. Yeah, and Darnell Nurse that's... is overpaid too. I know, but he he's at least a good player, right? Like yes. you can argue about how much he's getting paid and whether he's worth that, but he is at least a good player. Yes, and he's intimidating to play against, which means something, too. Want to know who's not intimidating to play against? Cody Cece, Tyson Berry, Evan Bouchard, Brett Kulak. And Ryan and, Murray. And Ryan Murray. Like, here's a, none, of those, like, none of those guys are intimidating to play against at all. Like, I, I, I know I exaggerate a lot, but I'm not kidding when I say if, if I put me, you, and, like, one of our buddies on a line, and we had to attack a defense pairing of Ryan Murray and Evan Bouchard... I like our chances of scoring a goal. Okay, no. They're super 100%. professional hockey players. They're fucking awful, though. Like They're one of the best... Let's put it this way. I know. There is no way in hell that if we pulled that little situation, we are scoring a goal on any of the best thousand players in the world. And I promise you those guys are all one of, like, one of the best thousand players <laughs> in the world. We're not doing that. I know you like to pull shit out of your ass, but... That's one. That's one I'm not gonna let slide. <laughs> Fair. Fair, but that's but like, you know what I mean. Like that, they are not fucking good. Alex Iman, I hope you're listening to this. That's like Iman saying he could win the Masters if he had to play every hole from 100 yards out. <laughs> that's what that's like. Because that's not possible. Uh, but yeah, like I I don't think there are many goalies in the league you could put behind that defense and they're gonna look good. Yeah. 
No, I... Uh, Jack Campbell is getting exposed. <laughs> Jack Campbell is getting heavily exposed. And I think Leaf fans, as much as we loved him last year, are all here for it. Because if he would have went there and he would have played well, oh, we would have hated our lives, especially the situation that we're in with Murray right now. And I know it's only a couple games in. And the situation could change with Samsonov. Like I said, I hope it will. Right? I think it will. So... Let's see. Let's see where it takes us. Uh, just s- sticking with Edmonton for a second. Yeah. Connor McDavid has that was his eighth opening night. And open. Uh, I got to get the the stat correct here. Okay, well, I'll I'll hit you with a hockey stat while you're doing that. Uh, McDavid hasn't scored fifty goals in the season, ever. No, he hasn't. You're right. I've, that fucking blew my mind. Yeah, no, I, I actually knew that. And uh, kind of crazy. But. Like he's putting up like 120 point seasons. And they're like. Fucking like 80, 90 assist seasons. That's fucking ridiculous. Okay, so here. I am quoting the sport, the sporting news here. Just so we yeah. uh, cite our sources. So that's the 11th hat trick of McDavid's career. And the second time in his career that he has scored a hat trick on opening night. Through eight <laughs> seasons. So 25% of the time, this guy is scoring hat tricks on opening night. And I believe I saw somewhere that that is the sixth out of his eight opening night that he has scored a goal, too. So he is 75% of the time at least getting a goal. 25% of the time, that's a hat trick. That is outrageous. Uh, That's outrageous. But the other thing with him is, like, it it feels like there are... I know there probably are, statistically just way like he's just scoring every game like there's gonna be significantly less games that he's even just scoring let's hold hold on a second here let's let's continue with the ridiculousness we have a guy who like i said is entering his eighth season this is his eighth season in the nhl okay yeah in that time there was a lockout there was um covid shortened seasons two of them and he already has 700 career points. 700. It feels like he entered the league a couple of years ago still. And this guy has 700 points. Uh, he's just... Was he also not like super hurt in his rookie year and missed a whole bunch of games too? That's, it wasn't correctly. a lockout. It wasn't a lockout. I, I misspoke. It wasn't a lockout. He missed a whole season due to injury. Yeah. Because he went into the boards and busted his knee. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. So, I'm going to give you a guess. How many games do you think it took Connor McDavid to score 700 career points? <sighs> okay. So, he said this is his eighth year, so that's seven seasons. I'm using a uh, calculator just so I don't okay. look like a total fucking moron with my math here. Okay. So, lost a full yeah. season and played two COVID-shortened seasons. Those are the two things you, you have to factor in. Yeah, so I'm going to go with 582s for sure. Okay. I think that that's about fair. The two the two the two half seasons together is one season. Uh I I don't want to look totally stupid, but I'm going to say like 475 games. You are very very close. You're only 13 games off. 488 <laughs> games. It took him to score 7 100 points. Fuck That me. makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Like, that's... 
<laughs> and he's going to retire with nothing in terms of cups if he doesn't leave Edmonton. Want to hear another fucking crazy stat? Always. NHL goals per game all time. Remember, in the era that these guys are doing this. Okay? Yep. Hold on. Goals per 60. Is this era adjusted or just overall? Nope. This is overall goals per 60 minutes. And this is yep. actually not the stat that I was going to give you. I was going to give you goals per game. But we're going to go goals per 60 minutes on the ice. Austin Matthews, number one all time at 1.954. Second is Alex Ovechkin with 1.757. He is almost 0.2 goals per 60 minutes above Ovechkin. That is fucking ridiculous. That's insane. I can't believe that. It would take an insane pace to, to stay there. But, like, it would not surprise me a hundred, like, at all, not even a little bit, if he kept that pace up uh, and, yeah, like, stayed sure. there. Guess who number three is on that list, goals for 60? Goals for 60 at number three. It's, I wouldn't have guessed this, but. See, so, so now, like, I feel like it's not one of, like, the, the big guys. It's going to be, it's like. It's not an older guy. It's a guy still playing in the league. Still playing. Sid. Yeah. It's got to be Sid. Steven Stamkos. At one point six three four. No, I you know I yeah I believe that. <laughs> That's impressive. Anyway, so we went on off, off on a little bit of a tangent there, just because we were talking about like the greatness of these guys that we were watching right now, like McDavid's breaking records like crazy. Yeah. We, we talked about Ovechkin, how he's probably going to catch Gretzky and then officially become the greatest goal scorer of all time. Yeah. Uh, Right now, we're watching probably the next greatest goal scorer of all time. Maybe somebody who could someday surpass Ovechkin in Matthews. Right now, we're watching him in his prime. We're just we're, we get so I, much. Here, we get to watch I don't. So even, much I don't. Ball. I don't even think. I don't even think Matthews is in his prime yet. How old is he? Ah, uh, he's 20... a year older than me, so he's twenty-five. Like, I oh, still he's think probably got five years of prime left. I would say five years of like elite hockey left i i i still think there's enough another level for him to hit though you know what i mean what like it would not suck out of in an 82 game season like what do you think when his career is over what's going to be the most goals he ever scored in an 82 game season here's the what thing do you I, I think he can hit i fully believe that when he hits like 27 28 there's a good chance that there's another jump like that he just finds that next that last level that I'm going to be the fucking player in this league. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he's doing 62 now, he 70. 70. I believe it. I I fully believe it. Yeah. Because do you know what? Last year he had 60 What did he have last year? 62? Is that what it was? It was like 62 in 70 something. And even games that he was playing, like, he did not start very hot last year. Like, he was behind to begin the Rocket Richard race. If he even scores at his average pace for those games, he's at 66, 67 goals, right? Like, I don't know. So, yes, last year, no, last year he had 60 and 73. Exactly. 60 and 73. So, honest to God, though. Let's say, first of all, he plays those nine games. 
to make up the 82 game season. And like I said, there were stretches last year where he just simply was not scoring like four or five game stretches. Let's, let's say in those four or five game stretches, he, he scores another five goals. Let's say there were three of them. And over those stretches, he scores another five goals. That's 65. And like you said, he's only, he was only 24 last year. That's not prime. No. Like he's got another three, four years before he even gets there. He, you're right. Seventy is definitely not not out of the question. No, like he, not like he missed nine games and scored sixty last year. That's insane. Like if, if somebody fucking a fucking time traveler showed up in my room right now and said in like the twenty six twenty seven season Matthew scores seventy, I'd be like, yeah, like I'm. There's nothing about that that's outrageous to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, also. Enough, enough of the co- the talk about him signing. He can't even sign a contract until I know we've already talked. He's about not it, even legally allowed to negotiate it yet. He's not even legal, exactly. <laughs> so if we could, oh, and by the way, just to give you an idea, he's already got a goal and an assist for two points through three games. His career average shooting percentage is sixteen point three, which, by the way, is insane. Yeah, and he is currently this year shooting 5.9 yeah so yeah that's not gonna last <laughs> that's not gonna last let's say he has a down year yeah let's say he has the worst year of his career since he came into the league that's still probably yeah. good for like 40 goals right <laughs> the worst year shooting percentage wise since he came into the league was his rookie year when he had a 14.34 shooting percentage and scored 40 <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like i think basically like most players in the league would happily take 40 goal seasons <laughs> yeah it, it, over from 2020 until 2022 austin matthews played 125 games and scored 101 goals <laughs> that's a little ridiculous <laughs> that's a lot that was the the 2020 2021 short COVID shortened series season at 52 games and last yeah. year 73. That's insane to me. And he shot in the COVID shortened season. He shot 18 and a half. He shot nearly 20 <laughs> percent. One out of every five shots that he was putting on net were going in, and he had 222 shots in 52 games. <laughs> That's over four shots a game. That's it. Oh, okay. Just speaking, just super quick on like shots and like shots per game. Did you see Bedard's stats through like ten games so yeah, far? Yeah, he's got nine goals, seventeen points, and like hundred and seventy shots on net. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you watched that because I think I know the tweet you're talking about. I don't know if you saw the highlight clip that came with that tweet. Through 10 I think games, I did. Yes. Yeah. Like through ten games, he's got a season's worth of clips. <laughs> Of just undressing people, <laughs> ripping bar down. There was one of him absolutely like he he went to go do want to do one of the craziest deeks I've ever seen. It was like one-handed, like through the legs, and he kind of messed up. So instead of doing the deke, he just leveled the guy. Like absolutely <laughs> dropped the guy that he was a one-on-one with. Like it <laughs> Yeah. And he's gonna be count- fun. He is gonna be fun. Yeah, let's count the let's count the teams in the tank fest here. So we got the Arizona Coyotes, clearly. We got the Chicago Blackhawks, clearly. Philadelphia Flyers suck. Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> like, oh. like here, here's the thing. Real life tank fest. 
How, how many times we play you guys this year? Probably like five or six. I think it's interdivision, isn't it? Or four or five. Is that right? Okay. Here's the thing. If the only games the Habs win this year are against the Leafs, and we get our like five or six wins for the year, I will be the happiest person in the world, Dave. As long, like that, I would a hundred percent take that right now. If you said sim to the end of the season, Habs win only the games against the <laughs> Leafs, bottom of the league, get Bedard. Job. Yeah. That would be a <laughs> successful season for you guys. A hundred percent. Yeah. So uh yeah. So is did I complete my tank fest list there? Columbus isn't in the tank fest anymore. They got, uh, they, I'm pretty sure that them. like uh, unless like they're not uh, unless unless someone unless someone fucking like really really shits the bed. Like I think I you I think you like nailed it. San Jose maybe getting in on it. Yeah, I don't I don't I think they're like just slightly slightly too good for that. That's that's not a it's, we're not talking about a high bar here. Like we're talking about Babs, Arizona, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking about the worst teams in the league. Teams that are intentionally getting worse or have intentionally gotten worse with the intention of securing a lottery pick this year is what we are talking about. Not yeah. teams that have tried to be good and are still bad, such as the Columbus Blue Jackets. But yeah. Yeah. Open tankers, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, that's yeah, that clip is outrageous. I, I'm scared for that kid coming into the league. I, I would say just by the looks of things, he's probably the most talented prospect since Matthews, I would think. Um, he's trying to go through the number one picks off the top of my head, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably... Like, it probably... Like, I think we can agree, like, Matthews was the best since McDavid, which was only the year before. And since then, I think we can agree that Bedard's probably the guy. Since then. Because, I, you know, we got Nolan Ryan and Nico Heischer, or Nolan Patrick. Darlene... Nolan Deline, Owen Power, uh, Slaff. Uh, I feel like we're missing one, but I, it's not a. Yeah. Lafreniere. Lafreniere was. Lafreniere, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so, he's. I think he's head and shoulders. He's he's like head, shoulders, torso, probably like ankles above, like. Like yeah, he's fucking. Like we could talk, we could talk about Makar, but he wasn't really that high. He went fourth overall. He wasn't that. No, high. I, I'm ta- I'm talking about like I'm talking about number one overall picks, like just yeah, the one exactly. like that's exactly. So, yeah, there's gonna be a tank fest this year, clearly. Yeah. Like just like there was for McKeezy. like that's <laughs> just how these things work, right? When you have an opportunity, when you're already bad, and then you see an opportunity. Let's let's not I. I think it was Craig Button, and I don't agree with Craig Button very often, but I did agree with him when he said, Bedard seems to me like he's going to be a um, a franchise player, not a generational player. So think Patrick Kane, not Connor McDavid. Yeah, but I think if you offer any team in the league a Patrick Kane, they're fucking snapping your hand off for no, it. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, think, like, when we're talking generational talents, we're talking guys like Makar, Matthews, McDavid, maybe even throw McKinnon in there. When we're talking franchise cornerstone players, we're talking like prime, prime Claude Giroux in, in Philly. Yeah. We're talking Patrick Kane. We're talking Stamkos. Uh, we'll put Sid in the other category. In, in the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sid, Sid, Sid and Ovi like, are fucking. Generational, Ovi's generational. Uh, 
Stamkos, I think I just said Stamkos. Like Kucherov is probably in that ballpark too. He's a franchise player, not yeah. a generational player. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hundred percent get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what. But I'm I mean, saying. like the thing is, like there's there's not a lot of those franchise players in the league right now. No, there isn't. There's so, a lot of you guys know. that are are just a tier below that. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. That's like that. there's guys like, like Mitch Marner, Jack Hughes. Um, I can't even think right now. Uh, Brady Kachuk's probably in there. Matty Kachuk's probably in there. Huberdeau. Yeah. Uh, like there's like there's like the elite of the elite, and then there's like the the really fucking good players, and there's like very few of those left, and then there's a big big group of like the next really group of players. Really good yeah. players. Yeah. yeah, guys like like I just said, the Matty Kachucks yeah. of the world, the Johnny Huberdos of the world, maybe even an Azam Kadri, you know. Arkov, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, might have left out a guy when I was talking about elite players, Drysaitel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the he's in the generational category. Just to be clear to everybody listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Or that's not up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> the guy scores hundred points with his eyes closed. So. Yeah. And fucking <laughs> like and and on one leg. Yeah. Yeah, so in, for, for, that's how generationally bad Edmonton's D is, is they have two generationally good forwards, and they still are awful because of how bad their defense is. Incredible. Like, I just, <laughs> like, I just don't know how the front office doesn't see that. Like, are they that blinded by, like, we get some playoff wins? I think that's what it was. Like, you go into the, you go into the, they were in, they made it to the Western Conference Final, right? So yeah, but even like the couple seasons before, they get like one one round win. You know what I mean? Like they they just get their four wins. They're out in the second round. Like yeah, yeah, but that's false confidence, right? Yeah, but like you look at that, you go okay. Like the offense isn't the issue. The defense is. You know, like we're not losing games because we're not scoring. We're losing games because we're losing fucking like seven six eight seven like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyway, enough about generational talents here. Uh, you had a couple of fill in the blanks, so let's. let's yeah, we got the first ones of the year. Uh, so after announcing his retirement uh, over the summer, PK Subban has a blank percent chance of being an NHL Hall of Famer or Hockey Hall of Famer, I should say. I would probably say that he has. I would say 50-50. Um, yeah. So he was he was one of the better um, defensemen of our generation, right? Yeah, I, I would say for a period of time, he was probably one of the three best defensemen in the league. Yeah, for about a three, four, maybe five-year period. Yeah. The thing with PK, though, is the fall-off was quick, and the fall-off was big. Like, he went from being an elite defenseman to being a liability in, like, a two-, three-year period. Yeah. Like, kind of crazy. Especially us knowing, and, and we know exactly how contracts work. And the fact that you're signing guys to these long-term deals at these high cap hits, and with the flat cap and everything, man, you can't have that. You can't have guys no. that fall off cliffs like that. Like, you can have them gradually get worse and maybe not be worth it completely at the, at the end of their contract, but they have to be worth at least something. 
was yeah. when you're paying them the kind of money that PK was getting. And I think that's kind of what happened to PK is he wanted to go to one. And we talked about this on the show. I believe he wanted to go to one of two places. He wanted to go back to Montreal or he wanted a chance to win the cup at home in Toronto. Right. And yeah. when those option, it became clear that neither of those options were available to him. That was it. He was going to call it quits. He what he didn't and- want to be a liability out there. And he realizes that he is. Well, I think the other thing is if, you know, he's at that point where it's like, hey, I want to play in Montreal or Toronto. I don't want to fucking play in Minnesota. I don't want to go play in Philadelphia. I don't want to go play in wherever, right? I want to be at home or in Montreal where I was drafted and came up. I I respect the the decision to be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to retire then. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And the other thing that I will say, and the the arguments that I would make for him to be in the Hall of Fame, are his contributions, first of all, to the national program. Yep. Uh, I was going to start to bring up his... uh, World Junior Gold. He has an Olympic Gold, although he did not play in that tournament. Uh, He played one game. Yeah. Exactly. Which, I mean, like, I'm... (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and... uh, (laughs) say that, you know, being the seventh best player on an Olympic team is a, a slight on him. <laughs> okay, no, but who are the six guys in front of him? Uh, so it's are what? they going to the Hall of Fame? All six of them? No. So that 2014 team would have been what? Probably would have still been, I think Boyle was on that team still, wasn't he? It would have been Keith and Seabrook probably still. Keith and Seabrook, Doughty was definitely there, Weber was definitely Weber was there. there. Petro yet? Maybe a Petro. Give, give me a second. I'm pulling up that roster. Now you've really got my fucking brain thinking. Yeah. Point being, you're not going to put every single one of those guys in the Hall of Fame. You're just not. Um, well, I mean, like, d- d- Keith, Hamhuse, Weber, Doughty, Bowmeister, Petro, Vlasic, Subban. Okay, so, go over those again. So, Keith... Keith, not Weber. Hall of Fame because he's a scumbag. Weber, Shea Weber, Hall of Famer. Probably going to the Hall of Fame. Although he never won a Stanley Cup, so that might work against him too. Yeah, but, I th- but here's the thing. You can't just keep guys out of the Hall It's not the NHL Hall of Fame, it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's got his Olympic golds. Uh, he's got one junior If you offered me Olympic gold or Stanley Cup, I'm taking Olympic gold every time. I'm taking a Stanley Cup every time. So I'm taking Olympic gold. the hockey community. Anyways. I'm taking Olympic gold. Anyways, that's we could do that debate another day. Um, sorry, so Keith, Weber, Doughty. Doughty's going so, to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Doughty's a Hall of Famer for sure. Jay Bowmeister. Not going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Petro. Not sure if he's going to the Hall of Fame. Not yet. He's, he's, still, he's still got time to get there, I think. That's why I said not yet. Uh, Hughes. And Vlasic. Definitely not, Definitely not. Neither of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. So, and P.K. Subban. So, just winning an Olympic gold doesn't put you in the Hall of Fame. No. I think but I think, I think you go Olympics. Olympic gold, couple of World Junior golds. He also has a Norris, by the way. One Norris. Shea Weber has zero, Abe. Does every guy who wins a Norris get a free pass into the Hall of Fame now? No, oh, but I'm saying it, things, right? So when you look that's at what, goals, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 the whole it's the whole picture. It's World Junior Golds, Olympic Golds, uh, Norris. Like, I, I don't okay. think he's I, I don't think he's a first ballot. Like, let me okay. So 
let's another guy who. His, let's look at his stuff for, for from a from a perspective and and like from a from a broader perspective. And I want you to think about guys who actually are in the hall and the yeah. awards that they won because this simply does not stack up and it doesn't even come close. Two World Junior gold medals, being a seventh defenseman on an Olympic team to win that won a gold medal. No Stanley Cup. One Norris. It doesn't stack. I, up. That's not a Hall of Fame career. It just isn't. It just isn't. But I, I like I said, I will I, say that works for PK Subban is that he has a hell of a personality, and he's been one of the bigger personalities in the league for a long time. And I would think that that should mean something. That's yeah, one thing he has going for him. His career and his credentials are not it. Anyway, uh, I think Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I just needed to get that point across. No, 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 no. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what I would say is I don't think he's like like so. Zdeno Chara, the first year that he's eligible to be in the Hall of Fame, he's going in for his ballot, right? Like that's yeah, unquestioned. He was a leader for how long, right? Like that's another thing. PK no, Subban no. was not a captain on any team that he ever played for. No, no. I, I, I don't. I don't think PK is going to be like you know the moment he's eligible, he's getting in. But I think he'll get in there at some point. They only have a limited amount of time. Is it? Don't they only have? I don't think like, so. I think so. Like after you get left off the ballot for a certain amount of years, I do not think you can get it anymore. Are you sure? I I don't know. I know Hall of Fames are weird about their fucking their rules and I, things like I, that. But I, I know that's how the baseball one works, but I thought that's how the hockey one worked as well. See, I am not sure. Anyway, so that was the first fill in the blank. So I th I think he probably doesn't get in, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah. That would that would be what I would say, and I would and I would think the reason that he would be getting in is because he's so well liked, so he's got such a bubbly personality. He'll probably do some media now that he's done too, which you can. Oh, well, you know what? The other that kind of career. The other thing that he has going for him, and I this might sound bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Uh, he will be very. He has a chance, and he always has been. Uh, like a spokesperson for diversity in hockey. And I think if he can get, you know, some sort of, you know, involvement in whether it's the, uh, what's uh, Dumba's, pardon? EHDA. Yeah, like if he gets involved in that as, you know, as as a leader and kind of c continues to contribute to that uh, aspect of the game, that will also help him yeah. get into yeah, all and that, and that kind of goes with the personality that I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that he is, right? Yeah. He's a great. And that's the thing. So he, 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 won't, he won't do all of that thinking it'll get him into the Hall of Fame. He'll do it because it's the right thing to do and that's who he is. It will just also help him get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second yeah. fill in the blank. Second fill in the blank. So, uh, the, have you seen, you've seen the picture of Ryan Reeves from the fight last night, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it into the, the video uh, for fun. Uh, but after seeing that picture, I'd rather fight blank than Ryan Reeves. A UFC lightweight or lighter? <laughs> what what's lightweight? One fifty five. One forty five. I think middleweight's one fifty five, isn't it? I don't know. I, I no, don't. I don't know. All the I forget exactly what they are right now. But anyway, yeah. like 
let's say that let's go a buck 55 i'd rather fight a guy that's a buck 55 okay so so his thing mcgregor and khabib fought at 155 so that's that's where they were featherweights if i'm not mistaken khabib fought at featherweight that's one then that's 155 because i remember being like i weigh 155 pounds and I don't look anything like those two. <laughs> and there's no way that they are 155 pounds, but apparently they were. Hmm. Featherweight in the... Now, we're, we're just on a Google tangent today. <laughs> UFC featherweight is 136 to 145. Ah. So, UFC... So, so middleweight. Middleweight, so I, think middle. I think, is, yeah. Uh, UFC divisions, here we go, just a second. Do, 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 do. Lightweight... Is 155. Yeah. Lightweight is 145 to 155. Featherweight is 135 to 145. So, yeah. I would fight a lightweight or lighter instead of Ryan Reeves. But I think anybody weighing... Anybody at welterweight plus beats the shit out of me worse than he can. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I can't argue with that. Uh, I'd rather fight a polar bear than Ryan Reeves. Yeah, it'll, be a lot, it'll, be, it'll be over for me a lot quicker with a polar bear. Yeah, I'd rather fight most things rather than Ryan Reeves, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. So, like that, that is that. a scary looking human being. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's an elite intimidator for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. And uh, just before we go for this week, we got updates from the first week of the Bitter Rivals Fantasy League. Oh, yes. I almost forgot. So the the week technically hasn't ended because it ends on Sunday nights, but there's no games to be played today in the NHL, so the results are basically official. Yeah. Uh, I've taken an L to our boy Willie Wilson in the first week. You've taken uh, what L. about you? I, I have taken an L to a uh, friend of the show on Team North Korea, which is Trav. <laughs> uh, Troop and Missile Crisis had a... this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... Uh, so Patty Kane's cab company, here. Patty Kane's cab company and Leafs and Bounds. That's a close matchup. That was a close matchup. That's Five squeaky points, bump time there. Decided by. Uh, yeah, not even so, 4.9. 4.9. Hold up. Show league matchups. Here we go. Okay, there we go. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was a close one. No regretskis, which is my beautiful girlfriend, Michaela. Uh, absolutely beat the shit out of <laughs> Jager bombs, which is yeah. um, Tater. Yep. So, oh. Rip Tater, you lost by <laughs> 54 points this week. Uh, I only lost by 30, so I guess I beat you, kind of, in a way. Uh, I and, lost by 40, fuck. Um, <laughs> the old expletives. <laughs> no, we, can say, we, we swear, we say the old fucks. I'll, I'll allow the old fox. Whose team is that again? That's fucking Lucas. <laughs> uh, Lu- Lucas. No, no. Haim. 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 That's right. Haim would absolutely run away with the league if this was about five years ago. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, I'm pretty sure he auto-drafted. So. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, it's, it's the auto-draft battle, actually, between him and, and the boss, Mike Flams. Yeah. But Flams so takes the dub in week one. After- after week one, we have uh, North Korea pulling out a dub. We got Williams' tip-top team. Damn, he needs to change that team name. Yeah. Uh, with dub. <laughs> we got Patty Kane's cab company really squeaking one out against Leafs and Bounds. 
And then we have Nora Gretzky's with the dub and uh, Flams with the dub. <laughs> so that is where we stand after week one. We, uh, we're very excited about this. We do have a little bit of a prize pack put together for for the winner of this league, which obviously that's not for a while until the end of the season, but we're very, very excited about it. We're having a great time. I hope everybody else is that's playing. Uh, if you're listening, thank you. And if you play in the league, thank you. And uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to get off your chest before we shut down this week's episode, my friend? No, I think that's about it. Okay, fantastic. Uh, as always, we will um, pay close attention to the game this week and we will update you on things that are going on next week. Hopefully there's a little bit more stability in the Leafs goaltending realm by next week. Uh, thank you to the Game Entertainment and Media um, for... Uh, hosting us on their platform so as always tip your cat tip our cap to them and yeah. we will see you don't next forget week to subscribe for to them too subscribe <laughs> to them as well yes of course uh and yeah we will see you for episode 68 next week and we got a little something cooking for the following week as you could imagine so <laughs> we will uh catch you on the flip and talk to you next week go Lisco. go